Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I am so glad that you have joined us today. If you are a part of our Lighthouse Church family, we would love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Church NC or online at lighthousechurchnc.org. We want to get you plugged into a connect group or on the dream team so that you are doing life together with people just like you. We hope you enjoyed today's message and stay tuned for more announcements at the end of our podcast. To talk about it today. Hey, listen, today I want to go with you in your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 7. We're going to read a few verses. We're going to have them up on the screen because we're going to read from the message translation. It reads a little different from the King James Version, but I think it's going to really make the point. And the writer is Paul, and he's talking about this internal struggle that he faced. And this is what he says He says, I realize that I don't have what it takes, I can will it but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Have any of you struggled like this before? He goes on to say, the moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. It's like all of you that that were like, I'm getting my diet started on Monday. And then they're like, but it's Labor Day. I'm starting on Tuesday, right? Every good intention. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 not going not gonna to go there. So I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. So for the next few moments, I want to talk to you off of the subject, the truth about men. The truth about men. We talking to all of the men in the room today. And for all of the ladies that are here, I hope this helps you because it's meant to take you inside of the struggles that every single guy faces. And I believe it'll help you to, to it'll help you in your marriage. And for those of you that are looking for the right person to marry, you especially need to be listening in right now because this is really going to help you going forward. Does that sound good so far? Do me a favor. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray, and we're going to get started. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you're doing in this house. We thank you for how you've been moving. And, Father, we just pray now, God, that you open every heart and mind to receive your word today, Father. Speak to us today, God, because we need the truth out of your word to apply it to our lives and to become the better men, women, spouses, Father, that you have created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The truth about men. In 2017, a movement broke out, and it was a movement that first began in 2016, but it got a lot of traction in 2017. That movement is called the Me Too movement. Everybody familiar with it so far? The Me Too movement. And what it did is it, ra it raised awareness of sexual abuse and it raised awareness of sexual harassment. And um, th this was not isolated just to outside the four walls of the church. As a matter of fact, in 2018, a spinoff of the Me Too movement started and it was called Church Two. Church too. So as to say, hey, look, this is something that's happening inside the church as well. This is something that's happening in a place that's supposed to be sacred, a place that's supposed to be holy, a place where we're supposed to meet God. Some of that same mess is happening inside the church as well. 
Now, although the Me Too movement is against all sexual crimes, the overwhelming majority of the crimes were being committed by men. They were being committed by men. So how is it? Did this all of a sudden just happen in 2017? Did, did men all of a sudden just run off of a cliff and decide to start doing things that they shouldn't be doing? How did we get there? How did we get to this place where there's now a movement to bring awareness of the abuse and the harassment that has happened? And the truth is, it's not something new. It's something that has always existed. And the root of it all is lust. Can you look at your neighbor and say lust? Uh, don't get weirded out, okay? You're going to do a whole lot of looking at your neighbor and telling them words today. So I'm glad we're just going to get that out there now. It's the root of it all is lust. And so the first thing you need to know is that all men, all men, single or married, deal with lust. Single or married. This ain't just a junior high kid's problem. This ain't just some pimple-faced boy's problem. Oh, he's just all full of lust, and he's just in heat. And Go take a cold shower, young man. This is something that stays with you. This is something that stays with men. And as a matter of fact, if we go to the Bible, we'll see that some of the greatest men of God battled and lost the battle to lust. Hello, David. David, who was, happened to be looking outside his window into his neighbor's yard and he saw his neighbor's wife and he thought, I think I'd have her. And so David lost his battle with lust. Samson, Samson was a judge. He was, he was an Old Testament judge and yet he lost his battle with lust. The Bible talks about how Saul lost his battle with lust and even Joseph lost his battle with lust. You might be wondering, I don't remember reading about Joseph losing his battle to lust. I, I don't remember much about Saul. Well, let, let's, let's define what lust is. Let's get that definition on the screen. Lust is an overwhelming, selfish impulse for sexual, but there's more than that, financial, professional, or personal fulfillment by any means necessary. By any means necessary. So I know when we say lust, that's like a real big buzzword for sexual activity, but there are men that lust for money. There are men that lust for power, and there's men that lust for personal fulfillment. And, and, and that's why I believe men, whether they want to admit it or not, they deal with PMS. They deal with, it's, 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 it's an acronym for the struggle of power, money, and sex. We deal with our own PMS, man. You may not want to say amen, but we do. We, we deal with the struggle of power, money, and sex. And, and I believe the reason that we struggle with this and the reason why, why, why lust really can, can grip men is because of something good that God put on the inside of us. Because I just see this pattern throughout Scripture that God will put a good thing in us and we just do something bad with a good thing. That happens many, many times over. And so if there, there is a book by John Eldridge. This is a great book recommendation for any men in this room that need a book recommendation or wives. If you want to buy your husband a book, buy them this book called Wild at Heart. It's by the author John Eldridge. It's a Christian book. And what it talks about is that all men want to be a hero. All men want to be a warrior. All men want to live a life of adventure and risk. And we're wired that way. We are wired that way. And if you don't believe me, you ought to have some boys. No, I don't, my boys don't see me doing flips off the couches, but yet they do it. They talk about you need to model good behavior. I never modeled that. 
What is that? That's their behavior on the inside of them to want to be furniture acrobats. And, and, and boys, they, 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 they explore, don't they? You see this at a very early age. They explore. They like to, to get out and, and, and conquer things and do things. And they like to build forts. Any dad ever built their kiddo a fort? Where are my dad's dad that have built forts for their kids? Right? I know for, if you have a daughter, it's a castle. But for boys, it's a fort, right? That's a very clean, clear distinction there. And so we build, build this, 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 this fort for our boys. And, 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 and I think at our very nature, that's what, that's what men have on the inside of them. There's this, there's this desire for success. There's this desire for conquest. There's, there's still some primitive, primitive nature on the inside of us that wants to see us go out and climb a mountain. Absolutely. I only got one amen on that. I had a professor in college, she would talk to us about a hero's journey. And this was coming from a female in a university setting, not in a church and not by a pastor, but a female professor in a university setting that had nothing to do with faith, talked about how rooted in the inside of every single man is a desire for a hero's journey. That is for a man to do something meaningful with his life. And she talked about her husband who was a retired judge. He was a judge in the city of San Diego, and his hero's journey was to walk across his hometown state by foot. And so he walked across the state of Idaho by foot. And she said, that was my husband's hero's journey. That was his desire to do something of himself. That was his desire to make something of himself. That was his desire to leave his footprint here on this world. And I can remember not too long ago in 2015, I did an Ironman race. It's a 140-mile race. and That was like a hero journey to me. I was going to do something that I previously thought there's no way I could ever do it. I can remember so clearly in about 2011, 2012, a friend of mine was racing an Ironman race, and it was in Arizona. And my cousins from Arizona just so happened to come into town and said, Josh, are you going to do that race one day? And I said, there's no way I'd ever do that race. Four years later, I signed up, and I began to go on this journey, and it was much like a hero's journey. I don't know if that was my life's hero's journey, but it felt like that at the time. And so for all the men in the room, we have this desire for conquest. We have this desire to achieve. We have this desire to overcome. But what happens is, and this is the next point, when our God-given desires are out of control, then we start losing the battle of lust. Because God put it in us to be conquerors. God put it in us to, 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 to rise to the occasion. How many, like a good, how many like a good war movie? How many like Braveheart? Come on, where are my Braveheart fans, right? And when William Wallace, how about... When William Wallace stands in front of the men and he, he gives them one of those speeches that, that resonates through the, the, the halls of eternity. We like that sort of stuff as guys. One of my favorite movies growing up was Glory. How many remember the movie Glory? Anyone else? In here? Where's my early Denzel Washington fans? I mean, this was pre-training day Denzel. I mean, it was amazing. Y'all remember the movie Glory? I don't know how many times I watched the movie Glory. I could sing the songs and, and quote the lines. And that was an incredible movie. And there was Jupiter Shaw and so on and so forth. Y'all know what I'm talking about for those of you that like that movie. But it's a war movie and it's overcoming and that appeals to us as men. But what happens is when we have those things out of control, and when those God-given desires that are the inside of us are not in the, their place, good things can become bad things. And sex is a good thing that God has given us. Can I get an amen? All the shy people in the room. I gave you guys an opportunity to celebrate your wife, but you didn't want to take me up on it. How many know that sex is a good thing? There we go. Don't be shy on me now. Like, no, it's a terrible thing. Shouldn't do it. Liars in church. But it was designed by God to be used within the context of marriage to bring oneness between a husband and wife. And that's, that's our definition of it. 
And then the, 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 the byproduct of it, whether you like it or not, is kids. <laughs> whether you like it or not, that's just the intended result. And so that's a good thing when it is used the right way. But when it is used in the wrong way, it can be really unhealthy. So if you are married, sex stays within the marriage. It doesn't go outside to where you work and other places. Amen? I need a better, stronger amen from the men right there. Amen? And so it, it, it flourishes when it's to be used the way God intended it. Within marriage, good thing. Outside of marriage, bad thing. Bad thing. Not to be used outside of the confines of marriage. But what happens is we take the good things that God has given us, and when we, and when we don't use them in the right context, good things becomes bad things. And so lust, because I believe the root of lust is rooted in a man's desire to conquer and to overcome, when it begins to run wild, we can't get it under control. And so when your lust goes unchecked, you do things that you later regret. Let's talk about David one more time. Because David couldn't, King David in the Bible, because David could not keep his lust in check, he slept with another man's wife. And then when he found out, this is like, you're not even going to, for those of you that are new to, new to church, you're not going to believe that this is in the Bible. This is in the Bible, okay? So David sleeps with another man's wife, and then he got her pregnant because it had to be David because her husband was out at war fighting a battle. So he said, oh, hold up. We got a mess here. Let's fix this mess. He said, let's bring her husband back from war, and we're going to ask him to sleep with his wife so that they can all think that it's his baby. You see what lust does when it's out of control? And the crazy thing is, when that man came back home from war, he said, I'm not going to touch my wife because this is a time of war. And in a time of war, why should I indulge in pleasure when all of my brothers are out there fighting a battle? That was really like, David, you should have been taking notes, David. You out here sleeping with another man's wife, and he's saying now's not the time. As a matter of fact, if you go read the Bible, I'm going to just, just give you some theology here to go with it. If you read the Bible, the, 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 the Bible opens up. That whole story that I'm telling you opens up. Now at, the time of, now, at the time when the kings should have been out at war, and David didn't go to war because he was supposed to be there and he was here. And that's what happens when you're outside of the will of God. That's why we've been talking so much about the will of God. When you get outside of the will of God, for starters, you're already going to start going down a path you shouldn't be going down. And so... David brings this man back, and he's like, all right, now let's let, let them have a baby, and then we'll, it'll cover it all up. But this man refused to sleep with his wife because he honored his men that much. So then he said, fine, if this guy's not going to sleep with his wife, go send him back to war, but put him on the front lines. Put him in a position where we know he'll die in battle. So now that man dies in battle, okay? And so then David said, well, I'm going to take her to be my wife. So he takes Bathsheba to be his wife, and now it looks like this is going to be a legitimate birth, but the only thing is, is God knew what he was up to. God revealed it all to the prophet. The prophet came to David and said, we know what you did. God showed me what you did. It's a great story. I'm paraphrasing. It's in different words, but then he also said that baby's going to die, and that baby died, all because his lust went unchecked, and guys, if you don't learn to conquer your lust, if you don't get your lust under control, it's going to get you into situations where the only way you can dig yourself out of that hole is to keep on digging. But what happens is you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it all started with an innocent David just looking out his window, looking at another man's wife. You see how that spiraled out of control real quick? Real quick from looking 
and just there. Now, we do something real funny as men. Women, I'm going to let you know how men think right now, okay? I'm going to give you a little insight. You ready for this? You want to you wanna, you wanna hear how, this is so funny when I, I'm getting ready to say it, but I'm kind of laughing on the inside of us because this, this is like, like us men, like we actually think this stuff. So, so women, you're going to be like, they really think that? They really do, okay? So guys, listen to me when I tell you that your lust does not go away when you say I do at the altar. So for all the single men in the room that think it'll all get better once I get married because then I can have all the sex I want. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. If I asked all the, all the honest men in the room to give me a good amen, if you still battle with lust, it would be very loud. As a matter of fact, can I do that? Should I do it, ladies? Come on, married men. Does it go away? It doesn't. That was like, a, that was like the no of shame right there. It doesn't go away. It doesn't, there's nothing magical at the altar. If I ever end up officiating one of your weddings, I'm going to be looking at that dude like eye to eye. Remember what I said. It ain't going to go away. Did you get that under control? So this is why single guys, you got to get this under control right now. You have got to get this lust problem under control right now. Because Pastor Andy Stanley says it this way. There is no such thing as marriage problems. There's just single problems that two people bring with them into a marriage. Oh, my wife is broken. No, no, no. You didn't fix yourself when you got into that marriage. And you thought it would get better if you just said, I do. And then you're like, oh, it doesn't get better. I I thought the sex was going to fix it. No, 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 it's not. It's not. No amount is going to fix it. If you can't get your lust under control when you're single, don't expect for it to go away when you get married. It's still going to be there. And you're still going to have to learn to get that under control. You're still going to have a wandering eye if you haven't got that under control. You're still going to be looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at if you haven't got that under control. You're still going to be on your Instagram liking images. So, or maybe not liking, but I'm going to just stay right there. Just take a look. Look, but don't like. Listen, you don't get that under control. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. If you don't get that under control, that's going with you into the marriage. It doesn't go away. And so we have got to learn how to get this thing under control. And I believe what happens is, remember how I talked about how men are like conquerors? You know, we want a conquest, like a good conquest. We, we, we stand at that altar. And, and, and in that moment, we, we, we absolutely 100% mean our vows, or at least I hope you do. We mean our vows. But it's like... We go on our honeymoon, and for many men, it's like the conquest is over. I've won. I, I've, I, I've, I've captured her heart. I've, I've won the prize. And, and, and because you didn't get that thing under control, now you feel like you need a new conquest. And that's when you get into trouble. That's when you get into trouble. Because you feel like, I've got her. And the truth about a woman's heart, men, get ready. I'm going to help you out right now, okay? going to make this weekend special if you take some good notes, all right? You'll get that later. <laughs> the truth is, men, and the truth about a woman's heart is she never wants you to stop pursuing her. Yeah, come on, sisters, back me up on that. It doesn't end the day that she says, I do. She still wants you to send her flowers. All these guys like, yeah, but my girl doesn't like flowers. Yes, she does. She's lying to you. She wants to see if you're going to get it. And even if she said chocolates make her fat, send her chocolates. Do it anyway. 
Better to do it and they end up in the trash can than you not do it and you sleep on the couch. You get where I'm going with that? Do it anyway. Look at your neighbor and tell him, do it anyway. <laughs> For men, we're like, I've conquered. We, we, we like, we're like so, so primal. It's like, my wife, my woman. And it's like, you think you're done? You're not done. You're just getting started. You're just getting started. That's why, that's why, see, I, you, if you look at me, you're like, who is this guy talking about? He probably ain't been married that long. I've been married by the grace of God about 15 years now, okay? 15 years this year. Yeah, baby. We got to 15. We're going to throw ourselves a quinceanera later. No, I'm kidding. We made it to 15 years. But at the, but the end of this series, y'all come back on September 29th. I'm telling you, we're going to have a lot of fun. But, but at the end of this series, I've got a good friend of mine, Pastor Gary Isbell, to come and teach and talk to you guys. Because now you're talking to someone who's got like 40 years of marriage. So just in case you think I'm out of my mind and I don't know what I'm talking about, I brought someone else to come talk about it. So for those of you that are like, well, Pastor, I've got 20 years, fine. I'm going to bring someone in that's got more years than you, all right? I know how to, we can go about this many different ways. But, but it doesn't end. And he'll tell you the same thing. You can never stop chasing the heart of your wife. You can never stop chasing the heart of your wife. If you stop chasing the heart of your wife, if you think that you have arrived, your lust is going to start running out of control. So here's the problem. No, so I identified a problem, but I don't want to just walk you out of here and make you feel terrible about yourself. I guess I'm just a lust-filled man. This is just who I am. It's who I am. No, <laughs> you see, the answer to the lust problem is love. Write that down. The answer to the last problem is love. You see, love is the highest part of a man. A man who loves himself, amen? Men, you got to love yourself. We'll, we'll unpack this in just a minute. A man who loves himself, a man who loves his family, a man who is committed to his relationships, he loves honesty, he loves integrity, and he loves thriving on personal discipline. That's the highest part of a man right there. The way we get our lust under control is to start identifying and living out places of love. Love has to win the lust battle. You can't just, well, I got my lust under control. The way that you win the lust battle is through love. Through love. And, and, and what's crazy is this is the, the, the you know, I, I, talked about, I talked about the Me Too movement and I talked about, um, you know, how that emerged and a lot of that came out of Hollywood. Do you want to know the great hypocrisy of Hollywood, though? Because they ain't blameless. The great hypocrisy of Hollywood is we have the Me Too movement, but do y'all remember those Carl's Jr. commercials? Right? What do women washing cars in bikinis while simultaneously eating a hamburger have to do with hamburgers? What are they appealing to, the lust of a man or the love of a man? Right? That's why there's, there's some hypocrisy there. That's why other people go, oh, me too. I was all offended. I was like, well, yeah, so part of it is these stupid commercials on TV. Sorry, that's a strong word, but you get what I'm saying? I mean, like, we're, we're constantly putting these images in front of a man. We're, we're, we're marketing. What are we appealing to? We're appealing to the lust of a man. And then we wonder why a man's lust is out of control. But it's the great hypocrisy of Hollywood. Now, we in the church citizens of the kingdom, we don't get a pass because they put something in front of you. That's why we spent so much time talking about kingdom culture because we're going to rise above the toxic culture of our day. We are going to rise above the toxic culture of our time. I don't care what they put in front of you. You're a son of God, and it doesn't matter what they try to appeal to. You're in control, not the television. Amen? And so as men, we have to act like we are in control. We have to be in control. But where it starts is men, 
and this is why, this is why a fatherless generation, men, young men who grew up without their fathers are really at a disadvantage because it takes a man to show another young man love. It really does. It really does. It takes a man to show another man love. And, and, and that's not to say that he can't learn that from his mom. But, but I've, I've never bought into that line where a lady says, I was the mom and the dad. That might be the problem. You can only be the mom because God only called you to be the mom. You're only plumb to be the mom. You are the mom, okay? And, and you, can't, you can't assume a role that you're not, you're not supposed to assume. So for anyone that's got a, a, a kid and dad's not around, you got to get him around some men of God. Because there's only some things that a man can show another man. And, and we got too many young boys that don't have men showing him how to love. And because they've never been taught how to love, all they know how to do is lust. Because they've never been taught how to love. They've never been told, I love you, by their dad. Some of you in this room, you've never heard I love you from your dad. It was just not the way you were raised. And I'm going to say some Spanish because it's really bad in the Hispanic culture. But we'll say stuff like, en este casa. You know, it's like, in this house, we don't say those sort of things. What are you talking about? Your son needs to hear you say I love you. I show a lot of affection to my boys. I'm like, Jaden, huh, I love you. Love you, Dad. Love you. Love you, Dad. Love you. He's like, Dad, I get it. But he needs to know that I love him. I say that to my Jude. I say that to my Jack. I want to teach my kids what love is. They want to know what love is. They want me to show them. <laughs> we're, we're, we, and then we do this dumb thing where we, I'm sorry, I'm saying all kinds of language up here. It's just how I feel about it. We say to our boys, men don't cry. That is so inappropriate to tell a boy. That is so, we try to tell a boy don't relate to your emotions. Come on now. That's the wrong thing we should be telling a young man. Hey, come on, put some dirt on it. You'll get better. Look, I know that that has a place. I know that that has a place. But some of us try to detach our boys from any sort of emotion. You have to teach your boys how to love. You can't suppress the part of a man that gives him victory over lust. You win the battle of lust through love, and too many men are trying to suppress love in a young man. Don't suppress love. Teach him to love himself. Teach him to love others. One of the things that we're going to be doing at the end of this year, and I showed you some of the highlights of what we've already done with our giving at this church, but at the end of this year, we're going to do a legacy offering where we're going to pick up a big offering and we're going to give it away to different organizations. And I found this organization that's very near and dear to my heart, and it's an organization for fatherless boys. You want to know what breaks Pastor Josh's heart, my heart? It's fatherlessness. I think it's because I had it so good growing up. I've told you guys, my dad is here, my mom is here, and um, I had it so good. My dad hit it out of the park. There is no father wound here. But, but growing up, I'd see some of my friends who didn't have a dad or a dad that was there but wasn't there. And, and I saw how they struggled. And that wasn't my struggle. And instead of, like, really celebrating it, I was kind of quiet about it. I was almost embarrassed that I had it so good, if, if that makes any sense. You know? And so when I see a young boy without a dad, I'm like, how do you do it? Because there's no way I'd be where I am today if it wasn't for my father. 
I don't know who, what type of man I'd be if it wasn't for my father. He put so much in me and taught me so much that I'm able to stand on his shoulders now because my father was there. But my heart breaks for fatherless boys. It breaks. Like I, I see a fatherless boy and I'm like, dude, I just want to take this kid home. You know, it just hurts. And so at the end of the year, we're going to do a big legacy offering, and we're going to give money to this organization called Forerunner Mentoring that is all about mentoring boys without fathers. Isn't that amazing? And we're going to just sow into them so that they can keep reaching more boys who don't have fathers. It's a kingdom-based organization. It's incredible. They don't just, they don't just do mentoring and father to boys, but they even say in their mission statement, we exist to point fatherless boys to the heart of the father. Come on. To the heart of the Father. Come on, we should clap our hands for that. And because we're not taught how to love, then we're not in the best position to love on our wife. Because we've not been taught how to love more, we're not in a good place to really love on our wife. And then to give our wives the attention that they need, not want, need. Next week, Joanna's going to come up here. She's going to slay it. She's going to be talking about how women want attention, whether you want to admit it or not. What's universal among women is this need for attention. And we're going to unpack all of that through the scriptures. But, I mean, come on. How many of you seen some women just take pictures for days of themselves, like just pictures, 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 putting it out there, putting it out there, putting it out there. Just like, okay, enough already, you know. Goodness. Some just need more attention than others but all women need attention and they're looking for attention from their husband and when their husband drops the ball and doesn't give her the attention she needs then she looks to the UPS boy for attention you know because I mean if you can't do it what can Brown do I'm just saying you know but men we're just like some of you go into your marriage and it's like you're not meeting your wife's needs she needs your attention she needs love she's to be told she loves And many of you are like, I told you I loved you when I married you. I'll let you know if anything changes. She needs to hear it. You got to keep conquering her heart. You got to keep chasing after her heart. And you chase after her heart. And you chase after your heart. When you get your lust in check by pursuing your wife. When you find new ways to surprise her, new ways that you show her that you love her, new ways to surprise her, new ways to make her feel like she's a center of your universe. That's what you do as a man. That's where we have got to focus our love. And so we in the kingdom culture, we in the kingdom culture, we're taught really by Jesus what it means to love deeply. I mean, think about that for a second. Jesus loved deeply. Deeply. No, no one loved like Jesus loved. Where some of us, you might be pretty good, but I mean, at the moment that they were killing him and he hung on a cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus, in the last 24 hours of his life, when he was having his final supper, of all the things Jesus could have done with the last 24 hours of his life, the way he kicked off the last 24 hours of his life, was washing the feet of his disciples. He loved deeply. He was a person of love. And our model really is Jesus. And so, so, so how do we, how do we, I want to send you out of here last thing. I'm going to get you out of here. So, so, so how do we put lust in check? And how do we let our love grow? What you need to do is let virtue feed your love. 
rather than vices feed your lust. Let virtue feed your love rather than vices feed your lust. There's, there's, there's things I want to help you, man. I'm going to put some stuff up on the screen. I'm going to talk about it. You can take some pictures if you want, but I want you to get this, okay? Here's some vices. Here's some vices. Promiscuity, deceptiveness, pursuit, the, 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 the power pursuit for all of the wrong reasons, drinking too much, drug use. Let's just stop right there. These are things right here. You do these things, you're feeding your lust. You are absolutely feeding your lust when you go after these things. Promiscuity. Well, pastor, I'm looking, but I ain't touching. Promiscuity. Don't open up that door. Pastor, she's my office wife. Don't open up that door. Don't open up that door. An emotional affair is still an affair. Deceptiveness. You can't even be honest with your wife. Not telling her the truth about things. Pursuing power for all the wrong reasons. Listen, so what do you do instead of those things? Invest time in prayer. Men, become men of prayer. Every time you feel like your eyes are starting to wander, start praying in that moment. What would happen the next time a very attractive woman crossed your path? And listen, they are there. They ain't going anywhere. They're always going to be there. But you don't have to be like this dog off of a leash every time an attractive woman walks by you. If you need to pray, start praying. Whatever it takes. Read, you've got to be in your Bible. Fill yourself with the scriptures. Get involved in the church here. Read great books. Some of you are like, oh, I don't read, Pastor. You need to start reading. You're not feeding yourself. Stop living like a caveman. Come on now. Get a good book. Start reading these things. A lot of what I'm talking about today comes from this book right here. Women, buy this for your husband, whether they like it or not. The Truth About Men. That's where I got this title from. I got some of what I'm talking about from here, not all of it. Great book to read. Men, read that book. Here's another one. In a pit with a lion on a snowy day. This is all about how you can, you can let that conqueror on the inside of you rise up in a God-given way. Great book by Levi Lusco. I declare war. Talking about winning the battle against yourself. We were just talking about Paul's challenge about himself. But feed yourself, guys. Feed yourself. Read a good book. Another one, health and fitness. I'm telling you, some of y'all got to take a lap. <laughs> it's like the best thing you could do. You're home with too much time on your hands, scrolling. You know, go for a run, for crying out loud. Get a hobby. Go on a hike. Or a cold shower, something. But, I mean, handle yourself, okay? Handle yourself. And I think health and fitness is huge. Health and fitness is huge. I mean, men, don't you want to be long enough to walk? Don't you want to be on this earth long enough to walk your daughter down the aisle, man? Then watch what you eat. Now, I'm not saying you got to be Mr. Alice, but take care of yourself. Your family needs you. Your family needs you. Let, let me go on to the next one. You know, a bad diet. I just talked about that vice. The, our use of social media, pornography, and greed. Those are all vices that are going to get you to trip up and do something you shouldn't do. What should you do instead? Get into some high-quality entertainment. Take your wife to watch a show on Broadway. Come on now. Go to a symphony. I don't like that stuff. Go anyway. It don't matter. Just score some points. Quality time with friends and family. Service. Generosity. You beat, you beat lust by feeding your love. You beat lust by feeding your love. If two dogs are in a fight, the one that wins is the dog that's being fed. You starve the dog in order to kill the dog. You, 
listen to me, man. A lot of you have got to start starving your vices. And you know what I'm talking about. There's things that you do that when you do them make you feel a certain kind of way. Knock it off. Get some hobbies. Get around some men that are going to hold you accountable. But listen, listen, your wife needs you, okay? Your children need you. Single men in this room, you need to get this right now. Some of you wondering why God, some of you wondering why God hasn't sent, you know, the woman of your dreams your way. That's because he's waiting for you to become the man of her dreams. Right now you're not. You got a lot of work you got to do. Why would God allow you to go mess up someone else's life when you haven't taken care of yourself? So single men, let's get this right. Feed your virtues. Do the right things for the right reasons. And let's leave a legacy here on this earth. Amen? All right. Let's lean in for a moment. Come on, I want to pray with you. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.